It's AJ and Ryan on the A&R Podcast. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the A&R Podcast. I'm AJ. And I'm Ryan. And today, I'm very excited to introduce our special guest, uh, director, screenwriter of the new film, Philophobia, or As I Am. So I kind of wanted to first ask, how are you guys? Are you doing okay? Yeah, I'm good, man. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, all groovy. No problem. Uh, so I first wanted to ask, why is it the two names of Philophobia and As I Am? Because I understand that Philophobia is in the UK and As I Am is in America, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's kind of a bit confusing, isn't it? So, um, so when the film was written, it was Philophobia. And when it played festivals uh, sort of around the world, it was Philophobia. And then when you uh, sell your film to different distributors in different territories, you essentially um, sell everything about it so they can they can rename it they can call it whatever the, whatever they want to be honest um so the film's called i think it's got about four different names now depending on what country <laughs> it's in um but but yeah so um it's, it's something that sometimes happens um and it's something that i was kind of expecting especially for america um because i think with with the word phobia in the title um like the i guess the consensus was that american audiences might um think it's a horror film just like straight off the bat mm-hmm. um and then they would see like the the poster and be like hang on it doesn't really look like a horror film and then they'd just be a bit confused yeah. like oh whatever <laughs> yeah like I'll, I'll watch something else but yeah so in the uk uh the theatrical release was under this complicates it even further so the uk <laughs> the theatrical release was still under philophobia because i hadn't actually sold the film yet Okay. Um, in the UK, and then once I sold it, um, they suggested changing it. Um, and to be fair, that process was really easy. I mean, I kind of knew that it was coming, and it, I wasn't that precious about the title at that point. Um, and yeah, there was a that was a few of there was a few suggestions, and like that was my favorite one of the suggestions. I think um, I've been fortunate in that my distributors have been quite. I don't know, nice about the the whole thing. They haven't just been like, right, this is what we're calling yeah, it. That's it. Yeah, they haven't just screwed you over and called it Shrek Five or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They just um, yeah. So um, yeah, everyone was happy with 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 it, and I yeah could kind of see it coming before before it did. Um, so yeah, it's out in the UK at, under As I Am as well. Um, okay. So, but it was just the the theatrical release that we did as Philophobia because we did that independently. Like, um, we got in touch with all the cinemas directly and stuff like that. Okay. So, how can people watch your film? Is it? Uh, yeah, I just wanted to yeah. put it out there. So, um, yeah, if you're in the UK, you can watch it um, on like Amazon, like Sky, mm-hmm. iTunes, all of these like the the usual suspects. Um, and yeah it's available for rent and for buy um and in june it's going to come off of um all of these platforms for rent and then it's going to become like a, a sky cinema title so you'll be able to go and watch it like stream it on on sky movies okay. uh, yeah, i'm then... a huge fan of the film by the way just to say oh, thanks so much yes it's really really good i really enjoyed it so i would go recommend you check it out from all that it will be yeah, linked down below in the description uh, guys at home so bb yeah, to that i was it. gonna say that <laughs> <laughs> i just wanted to ask uh, how how did your like inspiration to be, uh, come about when you thought this is the film i want to direct it's a funny one actually um so let me think so basically what happened was 
I um, started dating my now wife and like we were just like mad in love basically so like I kind of stopped doing everything like I, I like I run this production company with a school friend um, separate fish media and I became like quite removed from that and stuff and I wasn't doing much work and I was basically just hanging out with Brooke all of the time um, I even like moved into her halls like well not halls like her house at like yeah. the university uh, so like I did about like four months I think in the build-up to like Christmas where I just didn't do any work um and then i was like okay i really need to like to do, do something, something. Like, that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like i need to get back to work and like and you know concentrate and like we had got engaged at this point like, we got engaged really quickly and all that jazz so so yeah i set a goal i was like okay well if i'm gonna be i don't want to be doing like nine till like five or whatever mm-hmm. um because i want more time for like my life this is nice um so i was like well this year I should probably just try and make my first feature. And there was already a bunch of stuff that I had written. um, And I kind of just set a target for like on January 1st, just to go through stuff that I had written and and choose something. And this one I had written, um, it's based on, it's well developed off off the back of a script that my oldest friend, Matt Brawley wrote. Um, So like we went to school together, we met, I guess I was probably about eight years old or seven years old or something. And we've been making movies like forever. And he's like a musician now he's in this, he's got a band called slow tapes and like some of their music's in the, in the film actually. Um, So I, yeah, I took that script a long time ago. I was probably 23. um, And I basically, I was doing this commercial, so this is so long-winded. Like, <laughs> no, because no, no, it is. I'm, I'm actually like really yeah. engrossed. Like usually a podcast, a lot gives out, but I'm just so like, I'm like, sorry, come on, yeah, go on, keep yeah. going. So, so I was, I was doing this commercial, right, and it was like a, um, a it's like a fitness commercial. Like it was basically it was a bunch of dudes like lifting heavy weights and stuff. It was for, like protein shakes and stuff like that. It was in San Diego, in uh, in California, and. They're all lovely blokes, uh, but it was like five days or something. And we're staying in this big, big house with with all of them. And they're all like, you know, pro bodybuilders. And like <laughs> there was a lot of testosterone and a lot of competition, yeah. like on set and off set. And I was like, I kind of just need to like escape from this a little bit yeah. and do, do something else. So I was going down to the bottom of the garden, like at the end of like the, like the night, each night after shooting and stuff. Um, and I just like picked up this script that my my friend who had written, uh, Matt, um, and it was like, you know, it wasn't like a complete script. It wasn't a full feature or something. It was like maybe like 20 pages or something, you know, 15, 20 pages. But it had kind of like the bare bones of what philophobia is. Um, it had like the title. It had, um, you, you know, like an element of the ending, which I won't give away. And it had some of the characters and it had the scene on the rooftop yeah. well, like, mm-hmm. right at the start where the boys like start talking um and yeah i just kind of got inspired and i like spoke to my friend and i was like do you mind if i like do something with this he's like no like go for it so i just basically wrote the first draft of the feature in that week while i was filming hench bodybuilders in california that's <laughs> kind, of like, like, <laughs> kind of like a uh I know some, something else to do that was yeah, more escape. Like, yeah, and um, I didn't do anything with it at all for uh, maybe like three or four years. 
And then on January 1st, I picked it up and I read it with some of the other stuff that I'd written in the past. Um, and I was like, oh, it's actually pretty cool. Um, and I chose that one to develop and rewrite and, you know, uh, get funding for and all that jazz. So that was that was how that kind of came about. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, like I said, if, if you haven't seen the film, I would heavily recommend you check it out. But I know obviously you're probably really busy with doing the promos for this film and sort of getting it out there. But have you started thinking of the next step? Like, what is next for you? Have you started working on any new projects or thinking about new scripts? And can you give us an exclusive, yeah. <laughs> maybe a little hint of uh, what's to come next? Yeah, totally. Um, okay, so, um, yeah, I've been completely consumed with getting this film out there. And because a lot of the deals, um like the us the uk australia new zealand um have all been done by like myself and my producers so like instead of having a sales agent represent us in those territories and go out and find deals with the distributors i've been heavily involved in all of that and like reading the contracts and negotiating the deals and stuff so that's just consumed like my life for the last six months or something but about two months ago or a month and a half ago all of that kind of stopped because it was done and I f finally had some time to start writing. So yeah, I started writing. Um, there's a few things. There's like an episodical thing that I want to do, which is like, uh, it's yeah, it's like a small town crime drama. It's set in a similar world to Philophobia, mm -hmm. to be honest, like in the countryside, but it's a, it's like a kind of a missing person sort of thing. It's sort of like a, I guess like a true detective meets mm -hmm. philophobia kind of vibe <laughs> with young adult. And then um, and something else that I'm, I want to write um, again, set in the countryside the idea that I've had um, that's sort of based on personal experience a little bit. Um, and that's to do with um, like two brothers and I'll, I'll leave that one a little bit yeah. because there's, there's too many spoilers in the synopsis. <laughs> And then there's there's something that I'm I'm going out with at the moment um, that will probably be the next one, and that's like a it's a crime drama set in Oregon um, in the US. Um, it's kind of like an opportunistic crime drama. A lot of people get like wound up in in situations that they should have stayed well away from because they're not real criminals. Um, yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah, I want to watch it now. Okay, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> but yeah, that one's also got a young adult element. Um, so yeah, it's cool. I'm really excited about that project, actually. Um, that's me teaming up with a young writer from Oregon. Um, so, so yeah. So in the meantime, for a bit, are you just uh, having a bit of a, a break at the moment to let all the uh, kind of stress... See your wife again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to have, have a bit of a life at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's like I, I say I'm having a break, but at the same time, there's there's all sorts of stuff going on. Um, yeah, because I'm writing, which is nice. It feels like a break because because I haven't had an opportunity to do it in literally like two two years or so. I've just had these ideas brewing, but not the actual time to like set aside and go for it. Um, so yeah, that's a nice break. And then I just got a puppy as well, which <laughs> like 
<laughs> which is which is amazing actually yeah. <laughs> i say that's <laughs> very time consuming yeah yeah totally but i'm really fortunate that i mean it's my first dog i've never had a dog before mm-hmm. but my wife has had a bunch of dogs so like she knows what she's doing my instincts would be completely wrong if it wasn't for her yeah. like, I feel like i've got to be trained and then i can train the dog <laughs> <laughs> you need like a qualification first yeah they... you have to go to obedience course <laughs> 100%. like i, I my dog would have been so naughty if it wasn't like for someone telling me like what to do with it (laughs) because like i don't know it would do something and your instinct is to like comfort it or something like that but that's just totally the wrong thing like every basically every instinct i have is like i have to go against it (laughs) do the opposite but the dog is great the dog's like so well behaved and um she's so lovely she's a good girl it's good training for when you have kids though yeah. It's, it's yeah. Like you, need, you need to know those things. So, yeah, it's your wife's training you, Ella. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. But, yeah, uh, I was going to just circle back to the point about you writing a lot of stuff about young adults. And in Philophobia, every character is quite grounded and quite true to life. Like, nothing feels like so out there. Uh, but, like, so how much of that draws from your own experience growing up in England? Because I'm assuming you grew up in the countryside because you write yeah. so about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I moved here when I was eight. I moved from High Wycombe. Um, and. Yeah, I think I think it's important to, especially with like a coming of age story, there's it's really important to to have authentic characters. So like I did my best to ground the characters in like reality and just mm-hmm. there no one is like based on anyone in particular or, or it's it's not that specific, but it's kind of like an amalgamation of different people that I knew. Um, like like some characters will be based off like maybe like three or four people or something, and I've sort of just melded them together. But um, but yeah, I think it's really important because if you're not writing from like a perspective of of reality, then the stuff that the characters come out with isn't going to feel that authentic. But if you can kind of like channel someone's energy or like multiple multiple people's energies, then you, it's like when you're dreaming. You know, when you're dreaming and you like and and you're having a conversation with like one of your mates mm-hmm. um and they sound exactly like your mate do you know what i mean yeah, like they but... they do that surprise you in the dream that but they sound like and do sort of stuff that they would do it's yeah. like that like if you can write from that perspective the character then especially in a coming of age story because because that's what it's all about isn't it that's why people are watching it because they want that authenticity um so yeah i think it's really important to try and like to that was also one of the reasons why I wanted to do this as my first film because um, I could I, I had a lot of experience with with it even if I hadn't made movies before if you see what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when when you're on set, I assume you you're now quite good friends with the cast and the actors yeah. that you were directing. Yeah. But how hard was it at the time to separate the sort of friendship aspect from it to the you're kind of doing something wrong aspect? So you need to improve. Like how how, how did they take your advice on board? Were they sort of like, oh, no, maybe not, or stuff like that? Everyone was actually really, really good. Like, I haven't I haven't really had any of those situations, like, especially on this film. This film was perfect, but I haven't really had any of those situations where you're trying to communicate something to an actor and they don't want to do it how you want to do it or anything like that. Um, but, I mean, I know that. I mean, I'm going to encounter it at some point. I know it happens. Like, it's happened to my friends and stuff like that, and it's it's difficult. But this group of actors, they they were they were really, um, I don't know, they were just great. They were really respectful of, like, everything that I wanted to do, and it was, they, they all took direction really well. Um, you know, even some of the higher-profile ones, like, they were, you know, really receptive. Um, 
to my notes and stuff like that. But I, I think what's important when you're like directing actors is if you do any, if you do have anyone who's like a bit sensitive, not that any of these guys were, they were all like very open and it was, it was really, it was really easy. But if you do have someone who's a bit sensitive, you just have to be a bit sensitive with your direction or you have to kind of, um like kind of gently introduce ideas so that it doesn't feel like you're um you know just telling them that their performance is wrong yeah. like it, you can help them get to the performance that you want by introducing ideas that makes it feel to them like you know it's just as much their idea as it is your idea if you see what i mean like it, you can be quite delicate if you need to be um but yeah there wasn't there wasn't any of that with with our lot on on this film they were just um they were really really good but they also did a lot of auditioning and like stuff like that to get to the point where 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 they got the part so they all knew their roles really well beforehand mm -hmm. and i've written character breakdowns and all that sort of stuff so everyone was really invested in their characters i mean the casting process there was no one really famous that i could think of or like no one known that i could think of that i was just going to go after yeah. because at that time, there was just no sort of 17, 18, 19 year olds for a leading role in the UK that I like really rated that mm. it would be worth the the effort and the, the potential cash to go after them. So we did like, I did like a big casting call basically on just like Mandy and like Spotlight. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, like we had like, I think 12 or 13,000 applicants. It was a hell of a oh lot. Oh my God. Yeah, wow. I think we said twelve or thirteen. Know, not twelve or thirteen thousand. Yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. We had we had five thousand for the lead role. Yeah, um, and yeah. So by the time he got the part, he must have auditioned like a bunch. Like I can't remember how many times, but a lot. And then we workshopped as well. So I took the strongest like candidates and I put them with each other. So like different Kai's with different Kenners and like got them to do scenes and and filmed those scenes and so like yeah everyone who who got the role was really um really sort of in touch with the character mm -hmm. by that point anyway and then then before we started filming i sent them out to a festival together with a budget and i just told them to to just go and i gave them i gave them disposable cameras as well uh, there's like, shots like like um like just dotted around in people's bedrooms and stuff in the movie <laughs> from that festival where they like... I want to be in your film that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> do you still keep in contact with the uh, cast yeah yeah we're, we're in touch like on a weekly basis I spoke to two of the cast today in fact okay yeah yeah so like it's a really tight-knit group yeah that's that's I suppose that's what makes a uh, film really real then when you can tell everyone's yeah, in it together yeah all genuine friends now yeah i mean yeah that's great i mean just to say uh if you are looking for any 18 or 90 year olds me and ryan are both available <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'm them. i'm not quite 80 well i don't know you could just put like one of the extras in the background yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah i could be i could dress up as a tree <laughs> yeah we could play like either sides like a horse or a cow or something <laughs> <laughs> But, but yeah, um, I, I think that w w when it comes to casting for your next film, would you use the same sort of actors or would you go through that grueling casting process again? Because, I mean, obviously it is a very long process to get that. And if you already have actors who you know work well for you, would you yeah. still sort of stay in the same lane there? Or No, totally. I mean, um, 
so there's there's a film that I'm actually like you know working in like production like producing on the ground floor coming up and um there's you know some of the actors from from my film like have been put forward for certain roles so it's yeah it would definitely be a case of like you know if there's a role that they would work well in then then they would probably get a shot at that role you know but it um obviously like there's there's it really depends on the part doesn't it so like if you would you would go and audition like lots of people for a certain role if it if it didn't suit those guys but also it depends on the level of the part as well because um kind of the way films are sold and like bought and all that jazz is is largely dependent on who's in them just like from the business side of things like once you get a little bit beyond sort of the budget level that we made our film at then then it all kind of becomes about that so it like in your leading role or like in your supporting role you're basically looking for someone bankable who can sell your movie who's also a good actor you know so that's mm -hmm. that's something that gets considered um a lot of these films can't be made without having you know like a household name or something in so that's yeah that's something that that will come into play for like a leading role or a supporting role like in future films definitely you'll be the next quentin tarantino just sort of recycling the same yeah. actors again, again. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know there's there's a lot of intense scenes in the film and stuff like that, but I also just sort of want to say about like the backstage sort of thing. Was it did the actor sort of stay in character, or was it a lot of laughing, joking around, and then switch? You say action, and then he goes to everyone being serious. It depends on the actor. Um, yeah. So the lead, he was very much like that. You call cut, and like he's he's like back to back to himself. <laughs> like he's laughing and joking around, and like all this sort of stuff. Like he's. Uh, like he there was it was very rare that he needed to maintain his character between takes for him to pull off the scene like he's he, he was very good at dipping in and out um and then there's there's other actors that preferred to stay more in character like um um like alexander lincoln who, who plays kenner mm. like he in the more intense scenes, like he would dip in, in and out, but a lot of the stuff towards the end of the movie, he very much like stayed in his in his scary. <laughs> I was going to say that must be terrifying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there is this moment where he's like, it was in between takes. It's quite funny, um, and like we didn't we didn't know where he was. We were shooting like in the woods, and it's like a, a runner. Like people were like, oh, where, where's he gone? Like we need to get him back to set, sort of thing, because we're going to go for a take. It's like he won't be far. And it's like, and he was literally this runner came back. She was like, "Yeah, I found him, but I don't really want to go and disturb him." And it was like, "What's going on?" And he was just over there, like standing in a patch of moonlight in the dark at night, like <laughs> in the woods, holding a massive stick, just grinning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> and was like, "Okay, yeah, yeah. give him five. When when you're like filming, um." how do you go about choosing a particular place to film um it's there's there's a whole number of ways i mean with philophobia um a lot of it is shot like in the town that i grew up in mm -hmm. like i used the school that i went to and stuff like that so when i was writing i had a lot of the places already in my yeah. So I, I kind of inadvertently been location scouting for like 15 years or something. But, um, <laughs> but otherwise, 
you kind of have like a rough idea of when you read or when you write the sort of landscape of the scene. Mm -hmm. Like you'll paint a picture in your mind of like what something looks like when you're reading yeah. a book. And then you're kind of just searching for that, I suppose. Um, and you might already like equate it to something that you know of, but if you don't, then you have these great people called like location managers and stuff like that. And you just give them basically a brief of what you're looking for. The same with location agencies. There's a good one that I work with um, called UK Film Location. Um, this guy, Tim, um, he does a great job. Like he's, he's basically, I just send him a description of, of what I'm looking for. And he often mm -hmm. comes back with, with really strong suggestions. So it's, it's, yeah, it's basically that. Um, but the stronger the picture you have in your mind and the better description of it that you, you can give, the more likely you yeah. are to get something close mm -hmm. to what you want. Mm -hmm. I mean, in terms of you making this film, was there ever a point where you're on set and you just sort of were sort of mesmerized by what you were doing and you're like, holy shit, this is actually happening? Like, did you have that moment of like clarity where you just thought, oh my God, I'm actually doing <laughs> I, this? I'm directing this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't, I honestly, I, I'd love to say I did, but I, I, don't, I don't think I did. Like, it was, it was, it's not like it was carnage, but like my brain was just like so yeah. full of information. Um, it's quite an overwhelming experience because say like you're doing like music videos or commercials or, or like short films even because they're so short form, like you don't get like so fogged up in your, in your mind. Like you do a little bit because you've got a lot of different people asking you questions, you know, um, and they're, they're like HODs and they want their departments mm -hmm. to like do as good a job as possible. And you need to, you know, get, get answers to them that don't conflict other departments and just have the whole set working in synergy. So you have that, but then you have more crew with more needs and then you have a much longer time scale. So like where you might shoot maybe a music video commercial for like three or four days max sort of thing, usually just one day. Um, you've then got like, you know, we shot for like five and a half, six weeks or something. So mm -hmm. I didn't really have a chance to, I, to think about anything other than what mm. I was doing. Um, yeah. And things kept changing as well, because like it was one of the wettest summers um, that we've had for like decades or whatever. So it, it, we had to keep swapping the schedule around and that was just a complete like scramble in my brain in itself um so yeah it was really difficult to to see anything other than than you know the what, film yeah. itself yeah mm -hmm. um but i probably had that moment um at, like once i had it once or twice i had it when we got into our first film festival I remember like where I was and seeing it on my phone, like the email come through and being like, oh, this is really cool. Um, like at least other people like this film as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I had it, definitely had it again um, when uh, we were like on the Jumbotron at Leicester Square, like the, like, because we, we came out in cinemas in October and like the view put it on at Leicester Square and Oh like just like the the image of i don't know you know like our our film on this colossal screen and i was like wow that's pretty amazing so yeah i had it twice there but on the actual set it was just like about surviving yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you're constantly thinking about the next this thing it, like, yeah, you, you don't have time to get caught up in the moment because you're always thinking about the next moment yeah exactly 
Um, in terms of, let, let's go to the past. Like, let's say there's a film back, from back in the day that gets remade now, and they're, they're looking for someone. What film would you want to direct, ideally? Oh my god! In, in the future, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I have no idea. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. I mean, it's, that's fair I'm, enough. I have no idea. There's the, like all the films that I really like. I would. I would in no way want to remake because it's <laughs> i love this film i don't want to do it maybe a film you hate and you think you can make it better <laughs> um, is there any particular person you'd like to work with in the future like um, or director? um any just a person <laughs> just probably, anyone probably like probably be actors i guess there's some actors that i'm like pretty fond of um who do I love? I really like Edward Norton. I think he's brilliant. Yeah. He's... Um, I really like Carrie Mulligan. I think mm -hmm. she's brilliant as well. Um, yeah, there's a there's a there's a it'll be a bunch of actors. It'd be people. I'd love to work with Nick Cage as well. I mean, the oh. guys. <laughs> he's got range. <laughs> so, yeah, I'd absolutely love his his. They're that real on on YouTube of Nicolas Cage losing his shit. It's just yeah. brilliant. <laughs> Honestly, it was my, I've seen that so many times. It's just one. It's so the great. best thing on YouTube. Uh, I don't know if you watched the show Community. Uh, yeah, I just, I just literally binge watched it like in the last, I don't know, month or so. Like, you know, it's perfect viewing for like having a puppy because the episode's like twenty minutes long. Perfect, yeah, exactly. I mean, there's an episode where Arben was doing the impression of Nicolas Cage and he just loses his shit. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> It's so, so good. good. It's so good. Yeah, but yeah, Nicholas Cage. He's he's a fantastic actor, and he's got like so much like wildness. He's got that crazy, like crazy thing that he can do, and he's got brilliant range. So yeah, I'd love to work with Nicholas Cage. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that's probably the best answer. <laughs> I mean, just out of curiosity, this isn't really to do with your film or anything. But what are you watching on TV at the moment, other than Community? Like, what's the next? What, what are you watching? What am I good? watching? Um. Mate, I'm watching random stuff. Like, <laughs> I'm watching. Um, so I'm usually watching a film in the evening at the moment, which is such a luxury. I reckon in the last like three years, I probably watched like ten movies while oh I was. Oh my god! Maybe like twenty, like not a lot. <laughs> and in the last like three months, I've probably watched like another twenty. Do you know what I mean? Or thirty. So I'm watching movies again, which is great. Uh, what did I watch this week? I watched. Um, I watched No Country for Old Men. Amazing film. Yeah, it's great. Um, I watched the new Carrie Mulligan film, uh, Promising Young Woman. I watched... Oh. Mm -hmm. oh, I watched more stuff. I can't remember. Um, oh, I've been watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> I mean, it's a classic. It's a classic. Yeah. You have to watch that at some point. Yeah, I think it kind of peaked maybe at season three. I'm trying to keep <laughs> going, but I'm struggling a little bit. <laughs> um... Wait, it, I, I don't know if I'm mistaken, but I think it dawned on me the other day that Buffy, Sarah Michelle Gellar, she's in Scooby Doo, right? Yeah, she is. Yes, yeah. yeah I, I, Wait, I, what? I thought, and I was like, I recognise her. Oh my her. god! Oh, she's Buffy. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. she's, she's uh, definitely better at killing vampires. I think. <laughs> um, oh, I just started watching Bones. That's like yeah. it's actually quite cool. Like it's easy viewing. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think uh, what I've been watching recently. Mm. I watched a really good film the other night and I can't remember what it was. 
Uh, Tommy, <laughs> I'm so good that you can't remember. I'm so bad with titles and I'm so bad with names. I just forget. I forget them. Well, yeah, but your film's got four of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, right. What are you watching on TV? Just out of curiosity. Just... Uh, I'm watching The Man in the High Castle. Um, yeah, really on good. Prime. Uh, that is literally. Yeah, I'm just sweating that at the moment. That is my uh, binge watching at the moment. So I'm getting through that. I haven't got anything else after that planned. I saw season one of that like a long time ago. Uh, yeah, it's a bit. Uh, you have... was, I, I yeah, I don't. I don't think season two was out yet, and then I never watched it when it came out, probably because I was busy. But season one was cool. I enjoyed yeah, it. It's a bit. I found it a bit like uh, you have to stare at the screen a while until it gets interesting. But um, but it does it does pick up and it does get really interesting. It just makes you want to watch more, to be honest. So I, I recommend picking that back up if you can. Fair dues. Uh, what would I recommend? What show? Oh yeah, I, I recommend Euphoria, which is amazing. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. That, that, that's yeah. a very 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 good show. Um, I recommend that to me. Yeah, I, I think I think you'd really like it. I mean, it it's like an American esque philophobia. It's like the same sort of grounded high school thing, but obviously not doing it English style, doing it American style. So, yeah, I think you'd be really into that. Cool. Yeah, I, th I think that's the one I recommend to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I mean... I was say, also, you're not watching anything oh, else. You normally watch oh, like five oh, things at once, don't you? Yeah, I am. I am I'm watching uh, Waterloo Road again. Oh. Very <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you've seen that. It's like a, It's quite old. <laughs> it's... No, I haven't seen it. I it's, it's like this old BBC One school drama. It's quite, yeah, okay. <laughs> I think what else I've been watching. Um, obviously, like the Marvel shows, but they're all done for now. Uh, are you into Marvel at all, or are you not? I'm not like mad into Marvel, but I enjoy the movies. Yeah, me neither. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not like. I don't know. I'm not like. I don't really like follow like the like the story. If you okay. Yeah. Like, I don't like. I don't know the world that well. But um, you know, I'll I'll watch the films when they come out, and mm -hmm. like I find them fun. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, I mean, I was gonna, I was gonna sort of skirt on to uh, how you were in school. Like, can you give us some maybe not funny stories or embarrassing <laughs> moments happened to yourself in school? Because obviously, a lot of philophobia is set in the school sort of world and age. So, what would you, uh, what, what, what sort of stories would you tell that's that illegal from your school I'm, advice? I'm trying to think. Like, um, I don't know really how I was in school. I was kind of like, um, I wasn't like super popular and I wasn't like super unpopular or anything like that. I was just kind of like there. <laughs> just floating about kind of just thing. Just a floater, yeah. yeah. Pretty much. Like, um, yeah, like I've got, I've got a really solid friendship group that like we're still super close now. Um, and like we're, you know, we've just got like, we're now like a WhatsApp group because we're spread all over the fucking world. Yeah. And stuff. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we see each other, like we meet up for like, um, like a weekend of like competitive weirdness like every like, <laughs> like six or seven months or something um it's pretty good it's pretty good they you it's usually like a sports in, in like quotation <laughs> mark and and someone will have to host it from the group each time and the sports will be just bizarre stuff like some of them will be actual sports but rarely um uh, <laughs> yeah yeah I can't remember what happened on the last one. Probably like, um, oh, there was some kind of like, oh yeah, there was like zorbing and stuff like that while playing football. Is that what you call it? Uh, yeah, yeah, zorbing. Yeah, yeah, zorb, but, yeah, but yeah. yeah, so so there's that. Oh, what uh, what can I tell you about school? Oh, the prank in the film. The prank yeah. in the film is real, 
you can spoil that. it. I reckon you can spoil it. I yeah, okay. So there's, there's a Forks prank in 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 the film where um where um basically the 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 kids harvest like thousands of forks from the school and the school keep buying more forks until eventually they give up and go with plastic forks um so uh, and then like that on the last day of school like the the kids basically create a a huge obstruction to get to like the the final assembly sort of thing um by stabbing forks in the ground you've got like a sea of like literally like six thousand <laughs> or something um, i mean that's real <laughs> yeah so so uh, that's that's real oh um, my god that's real that but it, it didn't happen over a week like there was some military planning involved with that like that was like because the film set over a week but that yeah. would be that was happening over like maybe a month or so um, at the start of the month they were like okay so you take about yeah. three or two or three yeah. a day if you do, harvest them, oh, yeah. we'll do it on the last one day. one fork a day they won't notice too much yeah that's how, kind of how it started and then it was like okay there's nowhere near enough forks like things, things <laughs> to like escalate aggressively um, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and like the the whole like naked chapel dash thing that's that's just something that like would go on <laughs> <laughs> you didn't take there part is... in it did you <laughs> I may have. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's that's like that's uh, something from school. How did the teachers react to the fork? Well, I didn't go into school to see people's reactions because I'm not an idiot. But um, <laughs> a couple of because uh, we're on study leave, right? So why would you be there? Yeah. yeah. A couple of my friendship group like went to school to see the prime moment. <laughs> Yeah, and lo-, lo and behold, it's like, why are there two people that should be on study leave out of, like, hundreds of people <laughs> here <laughs> who aren't here? They kind of baited yeah. themselves yeah. out. Hmm, suspicious. <laughs> I, th- I think they, I can't remember exactly what happened, but they, I think they got expelled or suspended, but it was only two days left, so it didn't really matter, but... Um, I think they had to do some groveling to like their um to their universities or whatever like yeah like we no. did something a bit silly but... sorry i, I won't oh be God. stabbing any forks into the ground <laughs> ever again <laughs> imagine they did it on the last day you did it. it's like we know who to look for now yeah <laughs> oh god it replaced the forks and massive forks giant ones <laughs> yeah to be fair you could just buy forks now now, now if you've got money you just buy them and do it yeah yeah, like when, was... when you're doing the film, did you, did you have to like buy like get loads of props for it? Or yeah, was... yeah, oh, guys, I'm still plagued by the forks. It's like <laughs> it's, it's crazy. We're like a few years on. I've still got thousands of forks. So it was actually cheaper to to just buy forks than do the VFX, right? So we just bought thousands <laughs> of forks um, because forks like were really cheap, you know. And then I had this moment. Uh, so they've just been sitting basically in storage kind of thing um for a couple of years and then i had this moment where i was like i can scrap these forks like i should just scrap them and i checked the scrap metal prices and i looked at the fork and it was like stainless steel and i was like okay fantastic i've got like 175 kilograms of forks here like how much is this and it was like a grand or something i was like hang on this is like more than we paid for the forks this oh is oh my god anyway so i rang, I rang the scrap metalers and i was like i've got all these forks like they're stainless steel like it's like and they gave me a quote and i was like this is amazing he's like oh hang on a minute i just just to check mate can you just grab a magnet and can you just like stick it to the forks 
and I see if the fork jumps to the magnet. And I was like, yeah. And I was on the phone to him and I got the magnet and like I held it above the fork and it jumped to the magnet. And I was like, yes, it jumps to the magnet. Like all excited. Like I'm going to go take these forks and get paid. And he's like, yeah, that's not real stainless steel. Uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, like, what is it? And he, I can't remember what it was, but he told me what it is. And I was like, well, how much can I get for that? And he was like, mm, about 30 quid. Oh, wow. <laughs> you didn't sell the fork. No, no, they're still sitting where they're sitting. Whoever... Yeah, I've got a money-making idea for you. What you should do is just sign the forks and send them to people. Be like, this isn't the film. This isn't the film. <laughs> it's funny you should say that, actually. Like, at, I think at the premiere, like, we gave away a fork to everyone in the audience. I don't know if it was... Oh, it wasn't signed. It was, like, stamped, like, metal stamped. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we did manage to shift about 80 of them or something. <laughs> If you want to send a couple of my way, I'm happy to take off your hands. <laughs> Whoever delivered you those forks must have just thought, Jesus. Thought you were right like, or like really fat. Yeah. <laughs> just, oh, Jesus it Christ. It was crazy. Although, I don't it know was... if you guys have seen that show, My Strange Addiction. Um, there was someone who was addicted. I know what it is. Yeah, <laughs> I'm addicted, addicted to forks. Eat, eat, eating their fork. Oh, like, eating no. the metal fork. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they like swallow the, a metal fork a day. How did they digest that? I, I, I don't know because there was also someone who like, ate their mattress. Yeah, I've, I've seen people eat like eat eat the walls of people like in their house. So people basically like tearing down their house just to eat it. It's like insane. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. And, and it was like there was a video of a woman. She was sat in her doctor's office, and it's like, um, do you? Uh, the doctor's like, oh, do you have any uh, pieces of mattress on you now? And she was like, no. And he's like, what's that? I can see. And she just pulls out this massive chunk of like cushioned foam from the mattress. Oh my like, god, that is horrible. Oh my god, what? <laughs> I mean, the worst one I think I saw, this is quite disgusting, so if you're quite squeamish, you probably should stop listening. But it's like, they like eating other people's drain hair. Oh my uh... god. That's vile. What? I don't understand what possible kick you could get. Like, what's the psychology behind that? What's your damage? How did that even happen? <laughs> Who hurt you? <laughs> oh no. Yeah. The thing is, how do you even, how do you even like get to know you like something like that like do you just stick your mouth on it oh it's all right yeah that's no, what i mean you, you must have to, you, have, yeah, you need to have the instinct to think i'm gonna do that do you know what i mean because <laughs> i don't have an instinct to eat a wall or eat a cushion but someone must do because how would you oh, yeah. fair enough <laughs> you do you <laughs> uh, uh, just uh just speaking a bit more about uh philophobia the top obviously it's yeah. the fear of love yeah so, do you have any fears that you want to openly discuss with the world, or oh, on this podcast? <laughs> what am I afraid of? <laughs> no uh, one coming. No one coming to a premiere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a little bit scary. I guess <laughs> having too much forks. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like getting into like fifty cinemas and then being like, "Christ, is anyone actually going to come and see this?" <laughs> <laughs> I think, especially in like now in COVID, it might be a bit more worrying. Yeah, exactly. Because, like yeah. people are scared to go to the cinema. Like I think I've been to the cinema like twice when mm. while covid's been on yeah obviously i watched philophobia at home so it was like it was okay but yeah, yeah i would like to go see it in the cinema when it, when it like fully releases yeah man i don't know um i'm not like hmm there's nothing in particular that i'm like i'm not not saying that i'm like you know like a really ballsy person who's not like, doesn't get scared <laughs> like, i don't have like any particular yeah. like fears that i can think of um Sometimes I feel a bit ill, like when I'm like at, like near an edge of a cliff, but that's pretty rare. I mean, like if I, it's like, 
I think that's a pretty rational <laughs> yeah, fear. Yeah, that's like a fear yeah, of but heights. Like, yeah. like I'm afraid of heights. Like I can walk across a bridge or something, you know what yeah. I mean? But like if I'm like trying to take a photo like out in the yeah. wild, like out in like the States or something, and I'm like kind of semi off a cliff edge, I'm a bit like, oh. <laughs> well, yeah, I think, I think that is what yeah. it is. I think but he, like, rational yeah. fears, you probably have like hundreds and thousands because like, if, if like a murderer was chasing you a knife, I'd fairly say you'd be okay to be scared. Like, that's pretty, pretty rational, that one. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'd definitely like, be afraid of a murderer chasing me with a, with a knife. <laughs> but like spiders, it's like it's kind of irrational because they're not really going to do anything to you, are they? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, I think Ryan's got a weird one that I love to tell people. Oh, uh, I have a fear. Do you want to tell him or should I? No, you can tell. You can. I don't, I'm too ashamed uh, to Ryan say it. Ryan has a fear of salt and vinegar crisps. <laughs> yeah, that very is weird. I can't. I can't. I can't. <laughs> oh, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you guys who are listening, um, Sean, I just held up some salt and vinegar Pringles to the camera. I'm just about to leave the call. <laughs> no, 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 yeah, please. I actually think that that's like the worst. I love salt and vinegar crisps. I like salt and vinegar Pringles. I'm not a fan of like salt and vinegar crisps. That's messed up, isn't it? Like that doesn't make any sense. Mm. I don't like but, the ones like any yeah. Any Pringle flavor is the best flavor of that crisp. If that makes sense. Oh, I disagree. I'd, mm. I'd say I'd rather a packet of Walkers ready salted than like normal salted Pringles. Oh God. There we no, go. I, I can do that. <laughs> this is this, this, this <laughs> is the serious stuff. This is. Yeah, I don't know. It's like maybe the flavor's like too strong, or it just it just tastes like too artificial or something. Like Walkers. No offense, Walkers. I'm sorry. <laughs> you've ruined yeah. any future like brand deal. You've got yeah. them. <laughs> yeah. Gary Lineker's not coming to me anyone. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, I I kind of agree about Pringles, but specifically the salt and vinegar ones. I don't know what 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 what's your fear born no, out? Why don't, I, I what don't know what. Of? It's I don't know what it's born out of. You, but... you were eating some vinegar crisps, <laughs> just I think it's just like the the uh the effects that it leaves on your like hands after you you eat one. I don't know. It's like you can physically see the like the crumbs and uh I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> He's like freaking out talking about it. <laughs> it's like I, I know someone once said to me, uh, um, the worst thing ever would be like someone tearing off your whole skin. And then making you eat salt and vinegar crisps, and ever since I've been, I don't want to touch them. They're like, why would they say? Which I don't know. Said I, I, that I, I, I must have come up in, must have, must have come up in conversations somehow. I don't know. Who are you friends with? Like Jack the Ripper? Who's <laughs> <laughs> Gary Lineker actually? <laughs> I, I mean, I think the best flavour of Pringles is sour cream and onion. Oh. That was top tier. I don't, I don't know how we. Oh, I don't. I can't have that one as well. You don't like. You don't tell you don't actually don't like sour cream and onion. No. Is it is it is it more of a global crisps issue at this point? Yeah. Is it developed? Maybe 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 it gets deeper. Hmm, maybe <laughs> you should have a therapy session about this. Maybe it's like, like deep emotional trauma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, oh god. Um, do you like any flavor? Could you eat any crisps? Yeah, I like lo I like loads. I like crisps. It's just that. But why is ready salted crisps any different to? Because it's just. It's the the, it, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. We'll, I don't know. We'll on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, actually, wait. Just a quick question. Also, what's the best flavor of Dorito? That's the real oh, question. No. Oh, chili heat wave. Yes, thank you. Thank you. He, he doesn't like it. Ryan doesn't like oh, it. I don't like that. I think it's the original. Oh, yeah. I think, or the cheesy one. But oh, the cheesy one's the worst. What? 
There's no, like I like all of them. I'm just saying, apart from actually the blue one's not that great. Whatever the blue one is, the original. The original. <laughs> that oh. is my it's all right. Like it's it's they're all good, you know. But the ch chili heat waves like sensational. It's really yeah. good. It hits differently compared to the others. <laughs> yeah. I say chili heat wave with the mild salsa. That what that works. Yeah. Perfectly. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we've talked about Chris for about yeah. five minutes. Well, I was going to segue into, I wanted to talk about general fears in the world. So I'm going to say a fear and you're going to have to guess what it is. So some of them are quite obvious, some of them aren't. So we'll go for it. So I think the first one's quite obvious. We'll let Guy go and then if Guy gets it wrong, we can get that right. Go. So yeah, I'll do quite... my best. Okay, um, this first one's quite easy. Arachnophobia. Spiders. Yeah, Correct. I was going to say spiders. Okay, um... A, a phidophobia, a phidophobia. So that's called O P H I D O P H O B I A. Phidophobia. Oh, phider. Is that like eyes or something? What is that? Uh, that is incorrect, Ryan. Is it a fear of fish? Fear of snakes, actually. Oh. <laughs> uh, that, I, I'm surprised more people don't have that. Yeah. Um, Maybe it's not I think it's quite a big thing, but they just don't know the actual name because who knows that name? Well, like, like arachnophobia is so common. Yeah, like, yeah. but like I say, I'd say I'm scared of snakes, but I wouldn't never be able to say what the official term, yeah, the term would yeah, be. Totally. Like, I used to have snakes when I was little, like oh. loads of them, like eight or nine or something. <laughs> what, is it like pets or? Yeah, yeah, pet snakes. And then now I'm older, I'm a bit like, well, I'm not sure about uh, snakes. <laughs> <laughs> weird, like, that, but they've just got like... They're just running on instinct. That's the problem. You look at them and they're not thinking about anything. Like they'll just, they could just yeah. go for your hand or something, like without even thinking about it. You know it like you... In Australia, when people are like, oh yeah, that's like my snake moving stick. And I'm like, how the fuck do you have that without freaking out? <laughs> <laughs> like, go to Amazon, oh yeah. My poisonous snake stick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I'm scared of snakes, but I mean, if, if I was yeah. in the room with one, I might be. Yeah, I might I might have to, like, volley it across the room if it attacks me. <laughs> Stick it up in. Yeah. All right, okay. The next one is uh, acrophobia. Oh, this should be easy. Um, acrophobia. I've heard this before. Acrophobia. 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 It's, it's a fear in more than 6% of people, if it helps. Oh, I know this one. Is it... Oh, no, I'm thinking of agrophobia, I think. Is it the fear of going outside? Uh, incorrect, Ryan. Is it aqua or acro? Acro. So A C R O phobia. Oh mate. Oh, I know it. Fear, uh, what is it? Uh, fear of. I don't know. I can't even think of. A, just say it. I can't even think of a fear. I think both of you do have this fear of heights. What kind of? Oh heights? yeah, it is. Yeah. Fear of heights. But <laughs> why do they have to give it such awful names? I don't even know why that is called that. They're from Latin. They're all from Latin. Yeah. It's like, like it could be called like heightophobia or something. Like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit! Yeah, scared of heights. Dad on and he would just smash all of these out. He's like really good at Latin. So, 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 my dad just knows weird amount about like fears. Like I don't know. He just reads the dictionary probably. Reese, um, <laughs> right before bed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is not time reading. Um, okay, so the next one is uh, quite an easy one. Aerophobia. Aerophobia. Yeah. It's got to be. It's got to be... I don't know what to say now. Like, <laughs> Trick question. <laughs> Literally. Fear of oxygen. <laughs> Fear of... I don't know. Like, because I, I would... I don't know. Aerophobia. Fear of the fear of the air. I don't know. What do you mean? In, in, incorrect, Ryan. Oh, I was going to say fear, fear of flying on a plane. 
Yeah, that's correct. Oh, is it? oh <laughs> I nice. I thought that was quite a standard. Yeah. Uh, I thought that would be more complicated. Yeah, that's what I mean. When, 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 I, was, when I read that one, I was like, surely it's more complicated than aerophobia, but I mean, I guess not. Why can they name someone's like so simple, like literally what it is, and then some that yeah. just has nothing to do with it? Well, so the next, the next yeah. one might be a bit, might be, is a quite a hard one. Okay, uh, cynophobia. So C Y N O phobia. C Y N O phobia. What would C-Y-N-O. you guess that is? C Y N O. Okay, you. Uh, I'm just gonna give you a hint. Right. It's quite a hard one. You definitely don't have this. I'm gonna say it's the fear of of watching movies. Incorrect, right? <laughs> no. guy, guy definitely doesn't have this at the moment. Okay. Uh, oh, fear of talking to people what <laughs> no. i don't know like the fear uh, of dogs uh yes yeah, so you definitely don't have that i was just going on the whole cinephile hype Actually, no, no it's yeah. that with an i instead of a y but i thought that was the easiest <laughs> thing i could get i don't know why would you be scared of dogs they're so cute well it, it, you know, you do... some of them like yeah, you can't... a bit yeah. nasty I mean, Actually, can I just can I just recall a message that a guy sent to me the other day <laughs> when I said, um, I have the puppy in my interrupts. I said, um, also, also, puppy's good content is really cute. And then he goes, Pup has a mohawk, mate. Pup <laughs> <laughs> doesn't have a mohawk. Uh, is that, do, you, do you have a picture of your puppy on your Instagram? Um, you put it on your story sometimes. I can just send you one. No, I think I've got one. I just waited for the view. Oh, wait, the puppy, has, the puppy has an Instagram, mate. Okay, I'll go uh, and link the puppy's Instagram <laughs> down in the description. The puppy has an Instagram. Okay, if you link me if you link me that after this, I'll put the puppy's Instagram down in the description. You guys can uh, see that. I'm yeah, guessing man. your wife set that up. Yeah, exactly. He's <laughs> at Chicken Nudie. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm, I'm chicken, I'm... and it's hairless, so, you know, Chicken, chicken nudie. nudie. I like that. <laughs> Is there a reason you called your dog Chicken? Um, I don't know. We just like had a debate about a lot of names. You haven't accidentally kind of bought a chicken. chicken. No. <laughs> no. I mean, just don't name your kid that. Just don't. Yeah, chicken. Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry. Uh, that that will probably uh that will be something more standard. Yeah. Do you, do you have your kids' names picked out, or is it not? No, we talked about names before. To be honest, though, we don't have like a, like a set names, but we have like some that we like. Yeah. I think like it. Yeah. I think I think you saying probably know once like once it happens. Yeah. yeah. You'd be like that. That's that doesn't Oh yeah. that kid looks like a Bruce. Yeah. No. Or, <laughs> Maybe not Bruce. Or Barry. <laughs> Barry Keith. <laughs> no. Hey, no no no. <laughs> Keith. Yeah. Like I really struggle with some of these old fashioned names. Like who comes out and looks like a Keith? Yeah. No one. <laughs> exactly. It's like, they, it's like they, never, it's like they, it's like they, they come never out. Look like... Yeah, they come out and they're fifty years old already, kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's come out hope smoking a pipe. <laughs> Very sophisticated. Okay, we'll go to the next one. Okay, the next one is astrophobia. So A S T R A phobia. Astrophobia. I'm gonna guess. Oh, there's a few things I want to guess. I don't know. Is it like the fear of like like space or the universe sort of thing? The uh, feeling, feeling like the fear of like. <laughs> Being on a fucking spinning orb, like. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's not a very common fear of it, is one, but uh, no, it's unfortunately not. Ryan, you got a guess? Uh, fear of astronauts. <laughs> ah, Neil Armstrong! <laughs> no, it's um, it's um, the fear of thunder and lightning. Why? Uh, why? I was gonna, I was gonna say, is it the fear of like the weather? That was oh, like, yeah, that I mean, that, that, yeah. Would, yeah, that would be that right. Yeah. Insane, but then I, I went, went more towards space. I mean, at least you didn't say fear of astronauts. 
yeah, mean, that I, could I have been right. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I to be fair, with the amount of ridiculous <laughs> stuff, yeah. I don't know who said that. <laughs> okay, the next one is uh, try panophobia. Oh my God. Okay, so I know panophobia is the fear of absolutely everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, it's like the Thanos of fears. <laughs> yeah, literally, it is. Like, pan panophobia is the fear of everything. Maybe someone just uh, asking you to, like, try being... Like, try panophobia? Try, <laughs> so try being fat. Like, what could the try be? Like, I, I'm um, just going to say, it's got completely to do with nothing to do with, like, the fear of everything. Oh, my God. Uh, so it's not true. Yeah. I have no idea. Uh, it's quite relevant, and if people have it now, it's probably more worrying than anything. Ooh. Ooh. Is it, Is like, it... the fear of, like, social interaction? Uh, incorrect. <sighs> at the moment. Uh, Is it... Next. Is it the fear of, like, illness? Uh, the opposite, actually. It's the fear of injections. Ah. Uh, so, yeah, with the COVID vaccine going about. I, I, did you ever used to be scared of injections as a kid? I'm actually a bit scared of scared of injections still from being little. Like I was when I was little, and they're still a little bit like, oh, I'm not sure. Like, <laughs> oh, don't look, don't look, don't look. Kind of thing. Anyways, I just remember having like I was in like year seven, and I I, I had like such bad anxiety about getting uh, the jab done, and I was like, oh my god, it's gonna hurt. Oh my god, it's gonna hurt. And then she was like, all done, and I was like. Wait, you've done it? <laughs> I didn't even realise because I was just that Literally. I built it up so much in my head. Like, I think it's more like, it's like when someone tells you they're going to slap you, the build-up is so much worse. Yeah, than 100%. Yeah. It's the anticipation. That's I, like what gives you anxiety. I have a bit of a confession about injections. Not that I'm like a, not like a, a bad You're not confession. are you? <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't, I don't inject, like, I don't inject heroin. No, as in like, I went, I was ill in, on holiday. I was in Spain and I had an ear infection. And it wasn't going away. So I went to the doctors over there. And they gave me an injection. But I had to have it in my ass. Yeah, that's what they do yeah, over there. They do it in but I, I, was so, <laughs> I was so confused. I was Why like, I, was, I don't know. I was ready to, like, lift up my sleeve. And then it was it was just like, nah, that's not where it's going, mate. But pull down your pants, mate. Yeah. I think you yeah. in the wrong doctor's office. I, know, I, was, I, was like, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't read it. It was in Spanish. <laughs> oh, there, like... My wife went to like uh, like Magaluf or whatever when she was younger, when she was like eighteen or something. And Come she, on, lads, lads, lads. <laughs> yeah, and she drank the tap water, um, like despite being told not to. Like, <laughs> well, the know, number one like, rule that you're not supposed to do. Yeah, like on a night out, and she had she got so ill, right? And she had to go to like this like medical office or whatever to like have an injection. And there's just like a fucking queue of like people that need this <laughs> injection from drinking the tap water. And she said like, yeah, it's always in the ass. <laughs> it just stick you. It's like right next. It's always in the ass. Probably isn't the sentence you want to be yeah. hearing from your wife. I'm just saying. It's like, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, the next one is quite self-explanatory, so I think you will get it. It's right, so social phobia. Oh. Social phobia. Yes. I mean, just phobia. have to guess that it's the fear of of other people, like talking to people. Yes, the fear of being in social yeah. situations. Social situations. Fair enough. Is that what? I feel like I had that when I was like really young. Yeah. Like I was quite a shy kid when I was like three or four. Is that was that? And... Would you say that counts as like fear of? speaking to like a crowd like you know when you have to do a presentation sometimes uh, you... there's not stage fright yeah well yeah but i suppose there's like quite a big like a big fear of that like talking to lots of people 
I don't know. Uh, I get that fear sometimes. It's weird. Like sometimes I'm totally fine. Other times I'm I'm nervous and I don't understand the difference. Because mm. like I've had it a bunch of times, like with the film, like and at festivals and like promoting and stuff mm-hmm. like that, where I've had to talk in front of a load of people. Some days it's like not an issue, and some days I'm like, oh, I feel a bit like nervous here. It's weird. Don't know. Mm-hmm. Haven't been able to pin that down yet. <laughs> no, they haven't been able to diagnose what it's come from. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the next one is you actually mentioned this before agoraphobia. Okay, that's the fear of going outside, the fear of the out the, the world outside, the outdoors. I, I here, I don't know if I'm wrong. I'm, I'm probably wrong. I you just said, you said that I'm very confidently, and it doesn't say that here. <laughs> <laughs> agoraphobia is the fear of being alone. Oh, weird. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> it's, it's I need like, to find out what the fear of going outside is because, yeah. like, I've just been calling it the wrong thing. <laughs> yeah, I, but I swear, I swear this is claustrophobia because it says agoraphobia involves a fear of being alone in a situation or place where escape may be difficult. Interesting. Yeah, I'd say it's yeah, but claustrophobic is like tight spaces, I suppose. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, yeah, fair enough. We, we can, we can always, we can always fact check that. What, what the fear of? <laughs> Make sure it's. Are you doing that now, guys? <laughs> yeah, I'm doing it. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll wait. We'll wait. We'll wait to hear from the VAR team. It says, it says agoraphobia. Yeah, is a fear. So I googled the fear of going outside, and it came up with agoraphobia. But then it says agoraphobia is the fear of being in situations where escape might be difficult. So, who knows? That's it's weird. Bit, but yeah. what it comes up with when you Google the fear of going outside. Maybe it's a misconception. Mm. Yeah, or, or, or maybe it has double meaning. Oh, it says many people assume agoraphobia is simply a fear of open spaces, but it's more complex than that. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. The, the next one is uh, mysophobia. So M-Y-S-O-phobia. Mysophobia. I've heard this one before. Mm. I don't think I'm going to get it, but it rings a bell. Mysophobia. Ryan? Is it fear of mice? <laughs> I love how your brain works, you know. Well... Right? You know what? Sometimes it, what, these ones are like it is what it is—the actual like name of the thing, or it's just completely not. It's is completely it not. The fear okay. of men? No, it's the fear of germs. So maybe yes, it's the same thing, really. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, the last one, um, I think you'll be very familiar with. I, I think you're probably going to be able to guess what it is before I say it. All right. Yeah. It's it's philophobia. Right? <laughs> yeah. That's what we said was. <laughs> it's um yeah, it's the fear of falling in love. Yes. Very, very apt to end off our, our section there. Okay. Indeed. It feels like, I mean, it's been about now, but it feels like a good place to end off podcast. But before we, we do, we have to ask you the question we have to ask all of our guests. It's a legal obligation you have to answer, okay? All right. Who was your celebrity crush growing up and who was your celebrity crush now? Oh my God. Okay, let me think. Oh, I know who my celebrity crush growing up was. Um, when I was like probably five, I watched The Mask and oh. I was just like, yeah. yeah. Oh my God, that's like, mine too. He literally, I was just like, what? I'm what is this? woman be so beautiful. <laughs> literally. Yeah. I think I like, my five-year-old mind basically exploded. <laughs> I was also convinced that she would never do a poo. I don't know why. <laughs> Girls don't rem- poo, I'm convinced they don't. Yeah, I remember being like five or six and my mum like trying to tell me that she does poos like everyone else. And I was like, like nah. I'm having fun of that mum. <laughs> Imagine you get to do a um, film with Cameron Diaz now. <laughs> clip this specific part. Of the yeah. <laughs> um, I don't have a current celebrity crush. I really just don't. Um, the correct answer is your wife, by the way. 
<laughs> now my wife would like she she would she probably has an idea of who a celebrity she'd probably have an answer for you but i can't think of one um i'm gonna say david beckham just because he's amazing yeah, yeah i think true. yeah he is, he's a goat true goat best, best crosser in the premier league <laughs> yeah, I'll, 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 uh, <laughs> i'll take david beckham to be fair I mean, yeah, uh, this feels like a good place to have a podcast. Before we do, we have our final segment, which is Headline of the Week. Uh, this is a segment where I find a headline old and new, and me and Ryan and this week guy have a little talk about it. So in this week's Headline of the Week, woman's childish dinner sparks debate as people say it's worthy of divorce. A woman has had alphabet letters, potato waffles, turkey twizzlers, onion rings, spaghetti hoops, and waffles, and a mini pizza for her dinner and shared it on Reddit. Everyone was berating her, saying that she deserves to be divorced. What do you guys think of that? I think that sounds like the best meal I've ever had, ever. Honestly. Yeah, that sounds epic. I, honestly, I'd love that. Like, <laughs> if my wife was like, you didn't eat dinner, I'd be like, this is the best. I just love yeah. it. That's what? like, that's, that's some proper, that's like a, a massive regression session. Like, you're just taking it back to your youth. That's great. Mm. I mean, there's turkey twizzlers. Yeah. I'm not sure I could do it every night of the week, but, no. Like... No, but like, once every like year or something, and oh, yeah. you come home mm. and that's laid out. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't think there's completely no nutritional benefit in that meal ever, but it's still the best meal you probably ever have. It was, it's yeah. I, I couldn't name anything better. Well, I don't know. The turkey twizzlers are a bit protein. Uh, the ch- uh, chickens, bit, uh, the potato, well, waffles of potato, probably. I, mean, don't <laughs> I don't know what's in them. Well, there was that old story. I mean, this would probably ruin potato waffles for anyone, but there was that old story where there was tracings of like the same stuff you use in wallpaper in potato waffles. That's oh. amazing. So, I mean, they taste good, so I don't care. Yeah, I'm maybe I'm... that's how it started for that guy on my yeah, screen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's in this? What makes this taste so good? <laughs> just like stripping off his wall. <laughs> he just comes to his wife. Are oh, we redecorating? And he's got all his wallpaper I mean, in his mouth. There is a picture of the uh, food in the article. I'm just going to show you now, but that looks amazing. Yeah, that mm. looks decent. Although it kind of looks like the dinosaurs are doing the dirty. <laughs> <laughs> it All over They're the pizza. A baby turkey dinosaur. <laughs> um, no, I, 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 first of all, I think saying it's worthy of divorce is a bit far. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, but like, I, I'd be very happy with that. Like, I don't think I'd complain. No. No, not at all. That's perfect, man. I mean, it's probably what he requested anyway. Yeah, so, I think anyone who grew up between like the ages of like I don't know, if if you're between the ages of like twenty and forty, I reckon you'd love that. Yeah, why not? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I didn't want to say like twenty and twenty-five because in case like someone's not who loves it, I use quite a broad <laughs> oh, age range. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, or someone will uh, will uh, message you saying I'm twenty-six and I love them. What are you saying? <laughs> what, what, was, what was your favorite thing? Like let's say child like dinner like that, like oven cooked crap. What was your favorite like item of food? Um, oh, I don't know. Um, when I was little, I used to eat a lot of Chicago Town pizzas. Oh, the best! That and the Goodfellas ones. Yeah, it's like good. Yeah, yeah. And I used to eat. I mean, it's not. It's not really the same thing. It's not like a frozen food cook thing. But I used to eat so much beans on toast. I was on that. <laughs> <one>. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think what mine was. It definitely was pizza fingers. Like it just has to be. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Chicken dippers, not nuggets. Dippers. Dippers. Yeah. Mm, With a bit of ketchup. Yeah, banging. I'm really hungry. I now. still eat them now sometimes. <laughs> I actually really just want to go to Asda and buy all of that stuff. <laughs> <now>. <laughs> Tur- turkey Twizzlers. Because I, I, I've literally said this so many times in podcast. I absolutely hate Jamie Oliver. Oh, for banning them. 
banning turkey twizzlers and trying to get rid of two for one pizzas is like, ah. Uh, let people just do <laughs> that. If you want to eat healthy, you do you. That's a whole other uh, story that is. Yeah, we, we'll, we'll set we'll set you off if we talk about him. <laughs> I, just just uh, this is another question that I heard on on another podcast. I probably shouldn't be saying that I listen to other podcasts because this is the best one. But um, <laughs> the, uh, there was an argument between a husband and a wife about what they would feed their kid and the, the husband was saying oh well, maybe like once every like twice a week i'd give them like i don't know like waffles like uh turkey dinosaurs stuff like that and then the wife was like no well, they need home cooked food every day what, what's your opinion on that like when you have kids guy when when there's a, a little baby director popping out of you and they're thinking um oh yeah what's for dinner mom and dad and you're thinking what, what would you say would you argue with your wife or would you just say you can take free reign of it or would she give you free reign I don't, I don't think, yeah, I think we. it's really hard to tell, isn't it? Because, like, it's mm. it's all well and good, like, kind of guessing beforehand and, like, saying, like, yeah, we'd, like, make fucking, you know, like, make fresh a, Make our own turkey everything. dinosaurs. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, like, but who knows? Like, because, you know, I haven't experienced how difficult it is raising a kid. So, like, it, you know, I can totally understand that, like, if, if it's tough, you're probably just going to grab something out of the freezer and chuck it in the oven yeah. and, mm-hmm. and then bots your uncle or whatever. But, but yeah, I imagine we'd probably want to do, like, fresh food and all that jazz as much as possible. But, but a um, couple times a week, a bit of crap. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> like, you can't just, like, it depends as well. Like, you want the kid to, like, eat what, what like, like healthy but then at the same time they've got to eat their food if they if they, if they hate it then you know you can't, yeah, not you're even, not yeah, getting anything someone. else yeah so uh, yeah i think we'd be pretty flexible probably yeah i mean i think i'd be the same ryan you and your girlfriend probably oh mate uh well i, can yeah, I, I can agree well i don't know if that's the, there's asking. an insult in there somewhere i'm just asking um, it's just a question yeah <laughs> yeah i can that can do I, I could whip up, whip up a few things. Yeah, I can do food. I got a lot better over lockdown, actually. So much better. But I guess I just had way more time. So it's yeah. like, yeah. I'm just actually going to cook myself something. Just, so just, like, this I is mean, actually really good. <laughs> like, okay, I can actually do this. Yeah. Yeah, it takes your mind off things as well. I find yeah, it. totally. Uh, yeah, I think if, 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 uh, if I had more time, then I definitely would try, like to cook more than I do. Which is yeah. like, I don't know, maybe like two meals a week, which yeah. is very good. Yeah. But um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I reckon in lockdown I was probably like cooking like four or five a week, and now okay. I now I'm now with the puppy I'm much more like I'm gonna bung a Chicago Town pizza. Yeah. <laughs> Go back to but, um, but yeah, I think I'll get I think I'll get back into the swing a bit once the dog's a little bit older. Yeah. Do you do you and your wife take turns cooking, or is it just like one of these a designated chef? No, we actually like we we eat at the same time, but we eat separate meals. But I I I don't eat meat really, to be honest. I I probably stopped eating meat like two or three years ago. But I eat fish still, and yeah. Like, but yeah, it's just like I'm mainly vegetarian, I'd say. Mm-hmm. But okay. just kind of depends. If I'm out and at a, at a restaurant or something, and there's nothing good veggie on the menu, I'm not gonna like force yeah. myself to eat something that I don't really want to eat. Mm-hmm. So. That. But if I'm at home, I'll like cook veggie for myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you if you guys want to check out the film, it is linked down below in the description, as well as guys every other link. I mean, I'm sure you'll send them over to me because I don't I don't actually have everything. You whatever you want linked in the description, it'll be there. So yes, so go check out the film, go stream it, and then yes, hopefully we will see more of Guy. Hopefully you will come on the podcast, and when your next film comes out, yeah, or, or you're working on some other stuff. Yeah, it's been really fun having you. Wicked. 
It's been great. Yes, so... it's been great to be here, guys. It's, yeah. yeah, it's been it's been a it's been a good chat. And, uh, Very you're... random chat, but <laughs> it's been good. Yeah, it's been great. It's been great. I hope that the your plight with salt and vinegar Pringles. Uh, uh, I, I think I'll get over them one day. I don't. It's a great talking <laughs> point, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll have to bathe in them or something to get over it or something. <laughs> that, that made me feel weird. Full you... <laughs> yeah. yeah, you should do that. You should do that. It might help. <laughs> like, like... No, okay. If it doesn't help, it would definitely be like a great YouTube video. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> or a good title for a podcast where I'm bathed in something <laughs> <laughs> Chris. No. But yeah, um, I want to sign off the episode here, so I want to thank you guys at home for listening. I've been AJ. I've been Ryan. See ya. <laughs>